Hi, I'm Matt Bellis with Good News, Bad News and the Libertarian Christian Institute. We're here in New York City at the Blockchain Center for the Take Human Action uh, tour that's happening right here in New York City. And right inside, we're going to have a number of speakers. We've got Tom Woods, Dave Smith, and our very own Mike Meharry is going to be speaking inside. So come and join us. All right, everybody. So we have just been here at the, uh, what's this place called? Uh, the Blockchain Center. Yes, it is. It's filled with a lot of blocks and some chains. Which we said looks an awful lot like a 1980s punk bar. Punk bar, yeah. It really, honestly, it really does. We're at Take Human Action here. Uh, this is a, uh, a wonderful event. We've had quite a few speakers here. We're going to hear some more. But you've got a chance, Mike, uh, to speak about your book here, Constitution, Owner's Manual. This is the real Constitution. Now, I thought I know what the Constitution was. The Bill of Rights and the basic Constitution that says what the government can do. But you're saying that there's kind of been a misperception or misconnection uh, about how people approach the Constitution altogether. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest problem is that people don't understand the basic structure yeah. that was intended. Now, obviously, it doesn't operate this way. Yeah. But the intention was that the federal government would have very few limited powers. They call them enumerated powers. They actually list them in the Constitution. Sure. You go to Article 1, Section 8, you'll see a list right. of different things that the Congress can do, for instance. Yeah. There's a legal maxim that basically says if you make a list, anything on, that's not on the list is excluded. Right. So when you look at the Constitution, if it's not on the list of delegated powers, if it right. wasn't delegated to the federal government, it's supposed to be left to the states and the people, right. which is what the Tenth Amendment says. Right, exactly. And so that really changes the whole scope of everything, because I think most people are under the impression that basically the federal government can do whatever it wants, and the states and the people were relegated to being serfs or servants to the to the federal government, and that's it's basically flipped on its head. Well, so my goal is to try to help people understand, no, that's yeah. not what this is supposed to be. Well, I mean, if you talk to the regular constitutional enthusiast, they say the Constitution is a wonderful document. It uh, it helps us as Americans, protects our freedoms. Uh, but they would also go on to say the government's too big. Uh, it, there's been too much intrusion by our rights. So. Where does the Constitution actually fit in that yeah. argument? Well, the first thing that I would say is that there's a misconception that, especially with the Bill of Rights, that the Constitution gives us rights. Yeah. No. Right. We have rights. Right. We always have rights. We have rights by uh, virtue of our existing as human beings. We would say as Christians that they are given to us by God. Right. They are God-given rights. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights basically are a restraint on government. Yeah. I really wish they'd call the Bill of Rights the Bill of uh, Prohibitions for government. Oh, really? Because what it basically says is that the government cannot infringe on these rights that pre-exist. You have a right to keep and bear arms. Right. The federal government can't infringe upon that. Yeah. So that's the that's an important misconception that people should have to understand. But the other thing is is that you know if you're going to have a government, we, we need to understand that governments are in in effect power. Yeah. Power needs to be restrained. Power's not going to be restrained by a piece of paper, right? So we have to do something to enforce this constitution. It's in effect a contract. The people of the states, and the states are the sovereign entity in this in this right. uh, union. Right. And when I say states, I mean the people of the states, not people the, the okay. governments, but gotcha. just people. Yeah. They got together, they said, we're going to have a union, a, right. a confederation, right. and we're going to have a general government that's going to do these specific things. Right. So in effect, this is a contract between the people of the various states. Yeah. You have to enforce the contract. And that's really what my talk was about here today. Yeah. 
I can't have a contract with you unless there's an enforcement mechanism. Sure. Otherwise, it's just a parchment barrier, as Madison put it. Right. So, the whole idea is that we, the people, need to stop the federal government to take action right. when it oversteps those constitutional bounds. That, I think, is the key thing that people need to understand. If we had that agreement between you and I, and you violated that agreement, but I did nothing to, uh, to, to, to push after any kind of retribution, right. then basically it's my it's fault. It's your fault, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're just waving the paper at me and calling me a poo-poo duty head, that's not going to do anything. You would go to court, you would do something. Well, we, yeah, right. we as people here in the United States, we can do something. Yeah, right. We can refuse to cooperate with the federal government when sure. they do unjust things. So that's what we do at the Tenth Amendment Center, is we try to find ways mm -hmm. to undermine overreaching federal power, which most federal power today is overreaching. Okay, now I think you just said a really big phrase there that shouldn't go unnoticed. You said undermine. So are you talking about undermining the government with the Constitution? Yeah. You now, know, how, how, how is that we, done? We have, a con <laughs> we have a document that basically that allows the government, government and okay. we're going to undermine yeah. it with that, with with that a, document. But I mean, are, yeah. then are you talking about like, you know, pitchforks and, no, and rifles in the streets? Or what are you talking not. about? I'm talking about, so let's just understand what the federal government does, everything, sure. right? Okay. It needs help. Yeah. It uses the state and the local governments to basically do everything that it does. Yeah. State and local governments don't have to help. They don't have to be partners with the federal government when it's doing things that the federal government's not allowed to legally do. Yeah. So what I'm suggesting is that instead of just saying, oh, we're going to do whatever the feds say, I'm saying, we say no. Right. When you say you're going to come confiscate uh, firearms, yeah. we're not going to cooperate with that. We're not going to use state police or sheriffs or local police to enforce this. And the dirty little secret is the federal government doesn't have the personnel and resources to do it themselves. So that's mm, the beauty of this strategy. It's a blueprint that James Madison himself gave us in Federalist 46, a refusal to cooperate with officers in the union. I mean, so that's, that's, it's, it's kind of simple, yeah. but very profound. I, I mean, I can understand that whenever you're coming at it from a standpoint of you know, what may happen or what might happen, but I mean, has this ever been employed before? I mean, does this actually happen within yeah. the states? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was joking when I was doing my talk that uh, you know, when I was sitting in here, I smelled weed. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what you, whatever We're in you New might, York City. Right. So, yeah. Whatever you may think about right. marijuana, yeah. it's definitely an issue for the states. Yeah. If you wonder if I'm right about that, just ask yourself why it required a constitutional amendment to have alcohol prohibition. Right. There's no difference. Right. So the federal government still maintains prohibition. Many states have decided we don't want to prohibit marijuana. Some states right. have said we're going to let anybody do this because we don't like prohibition. Some states have said we recognize some medical benefits, some medical marijuana. Gotcha. Federal government says no. Right, all of right, it. right. And yet today we have 37 states that have medical marijuana. I've not seen a tank roll in any of those states yet. Yeah, right. And it's not being enforced. The yeah. feds have given up because, again, no personnel or resources. So you take this weed model right, yeah, and yeah. you apply it to guns and you yeah. apply it to health care and you apply right. it to sound money and unconstitutional wars. There are ways to use state and local power to refuse to cooperate with all of those things. Now, is that all then hinging on me being able to uh, talk to my governor and say, hey, Mr. Governor, we shouldn't do what the federal government says, or uh, can well, we go more local with this? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it, there are various ways. You can start with with state action, which requires legislative action. Sure. There's also individual nullification. We like to turn nullification to make yep. something void or ineffective. Right. You right. can do that at an individual level. One of the great places where we can do this is, is when it comes to sound money. We have a Federal Reserve right now that yep. claims a monopoly on money, right? Right, right. It prints money. 
Well, there are other ways that you and I could do business. You know, we could transact in gold or silver, or uh, I could trade my book for your book. A barter system, yeah. A barter system. So these are ways that individually we can undermine that currency monopoly. uh, It's a great book, it's a great strategy. I love it. Hey, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Hi everybody, uh, Matt Bell is with LCI and Good News, Bad News, and with me is the great Tom Woods. Tom, you're a wonderful podcaster, great speaker. You just gave a, a wonderful speech here at uh, at this event with the Mises Caucus. You were talking a lot about what we can do almost practically here in the now to really live in terms of lives of liberty. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I talked about first the 10th Amendment Center, which if you don't yep. know about, you've got to look into. Mike Meharry, he's a great guy with Mike us. Mike Meharry is a great guy, yep. yep. And they do practical things on the state level yeah. to try to push back against the worst of it. Yeah. And by pushing back at the state level, they get people thinking, wait a minute, you mean the states actually have a role to play in things? Right, Yes, right. they do. Yeah. That, that was the original design. Yeah. But then beyond that, I was talking about you know what what can we do right now right. Uh, that might incrementally move things forward. And I think sometimes we think if we don't win everything in one big victory, right. then it's all for naught. But yeah. then we're just going to be discouraged. Right. We have to have reasonable expectations, but start chipping away on smaller things. So I talked about uh, thinking about local offices that most people overlook yep. or. They have a very, very low vote total. You could easily sweep sure. in, and and these are in some cases these are even positions like uh, judge, sheriff, school board, right. where you can really, really make a change for the better. Focus uh, uh, in on that, right. uh, and then I also talked about as individuals. I mean, we have to think about uh, you know we've been put in a very hard position. Sure, we've been put in a position where. Prices are rising through no fault of our own. Right, right, right. Um, we've seen that your job can be jeopardized and taken away from you completely arbitrarily, just like that. Right. We're we're trying to get our kids educated without having their minds colonized. Right, right, right. So, what? So I talked about some of the work I've been doing to yeah. help people cope with that. I mean, yeah. I I've written all the books I can write on libertarianism. Right. I've written all the articles I can write on it. But in terms of what can we actually accomplish yeah. for problems that are literally keeping people up at night, right. that's going to be our focus. Yeah. I, I know as libertarians, we like to be very independent and liberty-minded, yet we tend to look at the big national problems and say, it's too big, it's too oppressive, we can't do anything about it, but we should be thinking more locally. Yeah, because you, you, as we saw during COVID, yeah. it's surprising how much power is still at the local level. Yeah. I kind of thought federalism was dead. Yeah. But we saw there were at least a handful of governors who said, we're going to let you live your life. Right. And what's more important than that? Right. Yeah. So that's why I want to build on that yeah. and differentiate some states from others so we can maybe naturally sort ourselves right. and gravitate toward ones that reflect what we believe. I mean, you were even talking about people just wanting to lose weight or bettering their business. This isn't doesn't have to be high-minded ideals and goals. These are very simple, very achievable things to live a, a more freer life. Right. I have a website. It's called TomSchoolOfLife.com. Yeah. And in there, we are working together to help each other achieve these goals, to become yeah. financially independent, to become healthier, to eat better, to, you know, whatever, learn a new language, whatever your goal is. Beautiful. We encourage you. We give you the connections you need. And we're, you know, and that's that works. I think that's fantastic, and that's something that we definitely need. So, Tom Woods, thank you so much. Very much appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Matt Bellis with Libertarian Christian Institute, and with me is podcaster and comedian Dave Smith. Dave, thanks for being here. Yeah, happy to join you. So you were just giving a speech, and you were part of a, uh, a group roundtable here talking about Freedom Liberty, the, the basically the new Mises Caucus, uh, and a lot about what individuals can be doing uh, to really gain freedom in their everyday lives. You were really pointing out one big factor in that we really have truth on our side. And that's a, a big aspect that we don't really stand on very much. Yeah, well, we don't have much, but we yeah. do have that. Yeah. You know, like we have, yeah, like that's, and that's kind of like the power that we have. Like they, they have power right. in their like institutions yeah. and in their propaganda. But what we have is that we have the truth on our side. And it's not, you know, as I think most Christians know, right? Yeah. Like it's not necessarily that everybody is seeking truth. Right. But there are people out there who are seeking truth. Sure. And for those people, we have something compelling to tell them. So in your basic mindset, what would be that basic compelling truth that you would want people to know? The basic compelling truth is that um, essentially that, that what actually leads to prosperity and peace yep. isn't the state. Right. It's people voluntarily cooperating with each other. Yeah. And that the whole narrative that the only way that like uh, people can enjoy civilization right. is with some like type of centralized coercive force sure. was always a lie. Yeah. It was always like a, like an evil lie yeah. used by powerful people to control you. And so that's that, that's the essence of it. Now that manifests itself in many different ways. Sure. So yeah. you know, like you can think of any of these examples, like we have to fight this war for whatever BS reason, right, or right, we need right. a lockdown because of the virus. Right. But the core of the truth is always actually that human prosperity comes from liberty, not from tyranny. Yeah. You were actually giving the the group here a little bit of a history of the last you know couple of decades of political power and really what led us into a more restrictive government lockdowns, losing cultural wars, uh, what really brought you to really recognize that and realize that as a, as a comedian? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, just like, I'm fortunate enough that I listened to a lot of the right people and read a lot of the right books okay. and then lived through a lot of this stuff. And you can kind of just see it. It's like you can kind of see what's happening here. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like, oh, okay, so that's where, this is where we misstepped. This is where we went wrong. Yeah. Now here's the result of that. Yeah. So I just, I try my best to kind of like put these things together. I listen to very smart people and right. I try to take the best from all of them. But right. I don't know. Well, I mean, as a comic, you don't pull yourself up as a ridiculous clown. As You're somebody who's taking what you're seeing as truth today and putting a, a little bit of a bent on it so that it's easier to take and understand. Yeah, well you also like, you learn a lot about about because you know like comedy isn't just like a stand-up comedy at least it's not yeah. just like a one-way street right. it's not it's like it's like you and the crowd right. like you give something and then they give you feedback you right. know what I mean you find right. out like what everyone thinks is funny what really hits home what yeah. people agree with so it's an interesting position to kind of go around the country uh, go around the country almost like surveying where everyone in different areas is at sure. with all this yeah. stuff so it gives me a little bit of an insight into like how you know, like where the people are. Okay, I, I, then I have to ask you this, and, and then we'll be done. Um, cancel culture is always a, a, a big thing. Has that affected you in any way as a comedian? Are there 
certain topics that you just feel like you cannot touch, or are you just going all in and whatever happens may be, may be? No, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I've, I've kind of built an audience who expects from me what I do, <laughs> yeah. and so I just, yeah. do, I just do what I do. I, I joke about what I think is funny. Right. I, my politics are what I think is right. Right, right, um, right. So I've thus far been, been uh, I haven't been destroyed over it. Yeah, right. It's okay. affected all of us. I mean, sure. like, like I don't, I, I can't get network gigs. That'll yeah. never happen. Okay. All right. But I also don't really want them. Yeah. You know, so like, so yes, it's affected me, but I'm fine with where things have developed. I, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely happy to do my show on the internet and to have yeah. the fans I have. I'm, I'm very blessed to have the career I have, so I'm, I'm not complaining about it. You, you gave us a lot of information today. You even told us really touching stories about your family. Uh, really appreciate your, your time here and all the input that you give us. So thank you so much. Well, really thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Hey, we're here at the Mises Caucus. Uh, what's it called again? Take Human Action Take Tour. Human Action Tour. <laughs> we're here in New York City. And of course, we've got to spread the word about Faith Seeking Freedom. So come on, let's go. We're going to go out on the street. Let's go. Hi, folks. Have you ever, ever read Faith Seeking Freedom? Would you like a copy of Faith Seeking Freedom? We're giving away free books right now. You good? Faith Seeking Freedom. It's a free book. I'm not asking anything of you. Just to put it in your bag. No? Okay, that's fine. Ma'am, would you like a copy of Faith Seeking Freedom? No, you good? All right. It's not working out too well. We'll see how this goes. Folks, we're giving out books of Faith Seeking Freedom here, right here at the Mises Caucus event. If you're interested, it's a free book. I'm not asking anything of you. Just to take this book out of my hands, a free book barking at you on the streets of New York. Would you like to, sir, a, a copy of Freeth? No. Okay. It's not working out too well. We'll, we'll see how this goes here. we got some more people coming. We've got books of Faith Seeking Freedom. If anybody is interested, not asking anything of you, just a free book I'd like to put in your hands. Faith Seeking Freedom. A free e-book, sir. Running, would you like a free e-book right here? Well, it's not a free e-book. It's an actual book. It's full of paper. Free book, Faith Seeking Freedom. If you ever have a question about faith or freedom, it's right here. No? All right, well, the people of New York are clearly not that interested. But you can get your own Faith Seeking Freedom over at uh, libertarianchristianinstitute.com. Here we go.